0: Your presentation. Welcome to the eighth best movie podcast in Canada. The hierarchy of the Untitled Movie Podcast is about to change. Episode one thirty five. I'm Matt Roarbeck. Alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, I'm ready
1: to bring the lightning and thunder to this one.
0: Yep. Today we're going to talk about a lot of stuff Uh, you probably already know from the title. Eric and I um, attended, you might have saw some of our social media posts um, about going to the hashtag Black Adam Rocks Canada event. Did I use the wrong hashtag in a lot of my posts thinking it was Black Adam Rocks Toronto? More, I specific, more specific, more specific. I was a little bit more specific, but we did go to the Black Adam event in Toronto, which we will be talking about. Uh, our review for Black Adam, spoiler free, um, should be out soon, uh, 5.30 p.m. today, uh, if you're listening to this right away. I highly doubt you are. If you are, thank you. <laughs> um, so if not, the Black Adam review is probably out. So go check that out over on Untitled Movie Reviews. Um, on today's episode we'll be talking about our experience attending that event at the rec room or as eric uh more aptly called it the rock room um as Should well as uh, our experience seeing the man the myth the legend dwayne the rock johnson in person uh, as well as uh we'll talk about what we've been watching we'll talk about the creed 3 trailer we'll talk about um Harrison Ford uh, is joining uh, the MCU in Captain America, NWO, New World Order, and, uh, and more. So, Eric, how are you?
1: I'm good, Matt. I mean, the one thing we didn't talk about in our review is uh, the shout-out to uh, Diamond Dallas uh, Page. There, oh, yeah. The, uh, we'll talk about that
0: on the spoiler cast, maybe, yeah. or today. Um, yeah, we're going to do a spoiler cast for Black Adam, so the review we have up right now is completely spoiler-free. Uh, we won't really talk about our thoughts of the movie, Uh, here because technically this will probably go out uh before the embargoes up but you can check out our social media reactions as well
1: yeah and you can just wait for our review we say it all there you know it's 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 there because we care were we rocked by the event itself uh or was it a little rocky maybe it was a little bit of both
0: do you want to just get right into it yeah so on uh on last Thursday, correct? Yeah, we went correct. to the... Uh, let me put in a time code here. We, we got to that pretty quickly. I'm surprised. Um, we got invited to attend uh, the Black Adam Rocks Canada event. So basically what it was is The Rock is doing this world tour for Black Adam because he is a producer on the film. He's been uh, trying to do this project for... 15 years now. They, he shared an article from Peter Scareta on, uh, on Slash Film that was 15 years ago where they said The Rock is going to be playing Black Adam and uh, the movie's finally coming out. So he's on this world tour where it started I think in Mexico. He went to the uh, the world premiere in, in, in New York and then he came to Toronto and then he's going to a, a bunch of different places um, to kind of promote Black Adam. So really going um, all out. So the Toronto event um, he was going to to come to the Rec Room, which is a Cineplex owned venue um, uh, by the Skydome or the, the Rogers Center here in Toronto that has arcade games. It's a restaurant, it's a bar, and things like that. So he was going to appear here at this event. And there was going to be different things there, as well as there was going to be a march to the theater um, with everyone who attended the event. And then there would be screenings at Scotiabank uh, for Black Adam, which is one of the screenings Eric and I attended in IMAX. We have our cool lenticular uh tickets uh that they gave us uh that you can see on the video version we just showed them off um and yeah so i don't know where you want to start but eric and i got there we had a screening earlier that morning
1: for james Uh, gray's armageddon time
0: yeah which we no embargo on that we can talk about too right but we'll put that review out soon um but then we had a whole hell of a lot of time to kill so we got lunch we walked around we hung out in a starbucks and then we got to the event around four o'clock because the, the doors were opening at four fifteen. Um so we got inside and uh jump in at any point, Eric, but like um a pretty standard, you know, one of those influencer, you know, movie party kind of setups, you know, posters everywhere past food although still at this time like i know i'm one of those people that is getting more comfortable without a mask like I, I still will wear my mask a lot depending on the situation and depending on how comfortable i feel um past foods still an event with that many people i'm still not about <laughs> like yeah. i i appreciate it uh, i was very hungry even because we did eat in the right after our first screening but um i wasn't i don't know it's still something about everyone without their masks and the and breathing on that food that i was just like i can't i can't do that yet like a smaller event where it's like you know only 20 30 people we've been at and i have had food just because i i feel a little bit more comfortable but um they had a small stage set up um they had black adam trailers on loop they had the loudest music i've ever heard in my life and i don't know if i'm getting older and I just not used to it anymore. But like playing the most random music ever, Papa <laughs> Roach. <laughs> like,
1: uh, my heart rate that. went up uh, <laughs> several times during uh, this event, and my watch was telling me that it was at you know 120 uh, beats something yeah. per per second or what have you. And um, Eric got
0: a high heart rate warning, which on an Apple Watch if you've been standing or sitting in one place and not moving but your heart rate is over 120 beats per minute it warns you yeah. <laughs> like going why is your heart rate so high um and my heart rate was i think teetering on that cuz i kept looking at mine and the music was so loud i could feel it yeah. in my chest um so that being said the event was you know it was they had some games that they were playing with this rock host, paper scissors um, which was Rock, Paper, Scissors, where people were winning prizes, whether it was like a trip to LA was the grand prize uh, and a lifetime supply of ZOA energy trip. <laughs> <laughs> And then they had different prizes like tickets to Raptors games and Leaf games and things like that. And, and so, Night at the uh, Shangri La Hotel. And- yeah, so a host from I think he was from like some sort of the Raptors uh, kind of thing. And I'll, I I might put B roll over this footage that because I actually have some, so you might be seeing the rock on stage as we're as we're talking right now or or throughout this segment. But um, yeah, they had a small stage. The crowd was large, but not insane like but it it was was... still
1: kind of it was it was still kind of packed especially when you had the rock coming to the stage where there was that kind of cluster of people all put together and you could kind of feel like you know when it gets warmer the the sweat Mm -hmm. trickling down your back and um you know people were shouting and and engaged there was one person in the very back that was shouting to get the rock's attention as he was leaving the stage um, I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, and so you know, with some of that, like you know, Matt and I kind of avoid a lot of like you know Q and As and kind of moments where we feel that there are celebrity be
0: events s- and some like
1: worthy stuff. But you know, at the same time, we realize that. It's also good to kind of um show face and 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 kind of uh you know be a part of certain things and having the opportunity to see the movie a little bit earlier and and review the film and also talk about the event you know is 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 a nice uh bonus. And I've admired
0: The Rock for a long time so I did want to see the guy in person and like yeah. I was curious of how that was going to go. And I think for the most part like it was I didn't have other than that kid screaming at the end, rock, I got a sign rock. I got a sign was a little much, but um, like, I think his engagement with the crowd and he is a people person, right? He is the people's champ. And like, we brought that up on our review and he, you can kind of see that in how he engages with people, how, like how he talks to people, how he engages with his fans, how, how people really treat him as like this icon. And he really is. We, we said it like one of the, the few people that i think is like a movie star and 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 that's not saying he's the best actor in the world or anything like that but he is a presence he feels larger than life like and he is a large man when you see him in person and uh and seems very genuine and seems like he does like he's both playing to the company and playing to the products he's he's pitching and and the movie included in that but he he does I never feel like it's completely phony with the rock. Like I do feel like there is a, it is genuine to an extent, even though he is ultimately trying to get you to buy his tequila or buy his energy drink or go see black Adam and and things like that. Like he is selling himself, but he's always seemed like in an, and the people I know who have interviewed him or talked to him, like he's just very good. And that goes back to his WWE days of just like being a company man or being a a very good talker and a very good conversationalist and things like that, where he can make each interviewer feel like, you know, they're having this, you know, one-on-one but they're of, the only person uh, in the yeah room. exactly and even when you saw him bring people up on stage and and talk to those two winners that won that trip to la and the lifetime supply of zoa energy drink and um as well as like people in the crowd where he saw people's signs and took selfies and and and, and, and you know took their gifts that they brought him and things like that like you could tell like not very many people and he's going on this world tour for one so he kind of has to put on that persona but um i don't know like it it was still cool to see him in person which is what this event was like it there wasn't much else to it like it was there was a, a step and repeat eric and i got a photo of there were some posters and stuff like that and um but for the most part it was that stage it was people waiting to see the rock right so like it was funny, like when they were like, Okay, we're done with the games now. The Rock's gonna be the next person I introduce, and everyone's like, Oh, it's gonna be soon. We waited there as people, more and more people, crowded that stage for a good 40 minutes, it felt like, or more. Um, so the anticipation kept building, and it was funny, like hearing the, the loudest music I've ever heard in my life that made Eric almost have a heart attack. Um, um, it it kept, I was sweating. I had to take off my jacket. I really had to go to the bathroom and I'm like, I know the minute I go to the bathroom, he's going to walk out. So I'm like, I just held it. Um, but I also started to get more uncomfortable because there was more people. It started getting hot. It was taking longer. Um, and then when he came out, he, The Rock did his thing and and it was cool to see him in person. Um, but it was a quick, what, 10, 10 minutes on stage, 15 minutes on stage, maybe. Just like a very standard kind of like, can't wait for you guys to see the movie. This is what it is. Like uh, people are going to be surprised by it. It's a superhero like you've never seen before and, and things like that. And he did his little kind of PR thing, right. Which is totally fine. But I think his interactions with people in the crowd and he brought up a young woman who had uh, one of like a quote that he, he did on it that inspired her like tattooed on her and stuff. And there were like, some of that stuff is awkward because the person, you know, I'm sure you're so starstruck and you're on stage and you don't know how to interact with people so like but it it felt genuine and like it was still cool to be there um but like other than that there's not a ton to talk about of the event there was a a drum line performance there was uh uh what else am i missing eric but that was pretty much the extent of it right
1: yeah it 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 kind of felt like you know it was something that was put together to you know, have the rock there. And when he got there, he did like, it was, it's basically like that, the equivalent of a waiting room scenario where, you know, you're waiting to see the doctor and you spend more time in the waiting room than you do in the doctor's office. Yes. This, in this case, Dr. Fate would be a very apt uh, choice. And then once you finally get into the, you know, after spending, you know, obviously we didn't spend eight hours there, but like that feeling of spending eight hours in an emergency room and then spending, all of maybe 10 minutes with the doctor and then leaving and kind of being like, Oh man, like that, like the, you know, the actual visit was shorter than, than the wait. And that's kind of what this was where, you know, you're spending all this time. It's, it's more comfortable than a waiting room obviously. And, and, and there's more going on. Um, But you just kind of feel like, you know you're overwhelmed a little bit you know you mentioned with the mask thing as well but also just like with how many people are kind of in such a close proximity and you know how warm it was in there as well and you know um i had a diet coke so DC, uh, a dc a water and so you know with that it kind of mm-hmm. like helped kind of like keep me kind of going because i'd been up since five that that morning so it was a long ass day for sure was, so like was. that
0: weight that last weight that 40 minute weight where it kept getting a little warmer and and waiting for the rock. You were like, all right, this guy needs to come out here. But I think like, again, seeing how passionate some of the fans were, you know, there were a couple people dressed up as black Adam and they went all out. So some cosplayers, which you always see at these kind of superhero events, but um, it's more for them. And it seemed like people like those people who were right up at the front of the stage, you probably got there hella early if they were fans, not uh, critics or, or press. Um, they definitely i think got their money's worth engaging with the rock he was he was right there like it wasn't like this giant stage far down the thing like it was this tiny little stage as you guys can see in the footage but um it was just cool being 10 feet from the guy and i'm not really someone and you eric as well that like celebrity does anything to us right like we're pretty professional, like we love having a conversation with someone, but I'm not one to get a selfie or an autograph or anything like that. but it was just cool to uh to be there and then um you know we headed over to the theater after that, and um they they had this march where they used the uh the drumming uh the drum line to kind of lead everyone to the theater and I've seen some of the photos with the people at the front, and we were kind of at the very back of that of that group just kind of we just were like well we might as well walk to the theater now um so we walked uh to the theater with this this mini parade which i just thought was kind of funny because they didn't shut down the streets or anything so we had to wait at stoplights and we had to like do other things like that so it was basically just everyone walking together to the theater um and you had some people interact with us both in a, a, you know, being facetious or an asshole or just being genuine going, what's going on and, and, and things like that.
1: But, um, we get even, even in the, in the, in the March as well, you had people, you know, shouting to police officers, you know, at, at the corners being like, you don't, you guys don't get enough credit. There was one weird, there was one guy behind us, which is,
0: that's another thing we'll get to the theater experience after this. But, um, you, you know, you're always going to have... When you put a bunch of strangers in a room, man, which is what the movies are, Is like you're always bound to get a, a microcosm of what society is. The Justice yeah. Society. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and that guy really loved Justice. That's for sure. sure um,
1: a regular Hawkman.
0: And then we get to the theater. Uh, we didn't have our tickets. There was a little bit of a snap foo there. But we eventually got our collectible lenticular IMAX <laughs> ticket. Which is... this always i will um i will admit that um this thing is like for someone who likes um attention to detail and going like above and beyond on your event or your um, design or your branding like i do appreciate a you know lenticular embossed imax ticket um I, I, I do really like that. So that, that was cool, but we got our tickets and then we go, oh, okay, cool. The movie's gonna start at seven. Uh, because we walked over and we got there around six thirty. Um they're like, oh no, it's starting at eight. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, awesome. Uh my phone's at twenty percent at this point. Uh, but we go get our IMAX seats. Uh I'm glad we're in the IMAX theater. Um, something we didn't talk about on a review, there's no IMAX footage or shifting aspect ratios or anything in the IMAX version. It's just a straight up, like, I think two, three, nine movie, but it's just in IMAX.
1: Yeah. Cause they also uh, had
0: another screening
1: in the AVX. In ABS, theater, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we sit down. Um, Eric, jump in
1: at any point. But, no, I, um, I, I'm, I'm digging you telling the story. I'll jump in when, when, when we get to the moment. Yeah. The truth.
0: So we get our seats, which, uh, you know, we talk about a lot on these shows. Like Eric and I are aisle seat guys. Me specifically, I, I both from a claustrophobic sense, and I just have to go to the bat. I drink so much liquid small that, bladder. like, I just it's both a small bladder, and I just constantly have that full of just diet or Coke zero and coffee and water. So I get aisles cause I hate bothering people. Like I, I hate it. I don't want to be bothered in a movie and I don't mind if people, like if I have an aisle seat, if people get up, I don't care cause I understand better than anyone, but I also don't like being in the middle cause I feel trapped and I don't want to bother people when I come in, in and out of a movie. So I always like getting an aisle seat
1: and you like to cross uh, your leg. I think that's nice as well and stick
0: my leg out. Yeah. And, and you know, I, that's definitely a bonus. Um, so that being said, when you take an aisle seat intentionally, you sometimes, I feel like we always talk about how we get stuck beside certain people, like bad moviegoers, I'll just call them. <laughs> and I think that happens a lot because we take the aisle seat. So a lot of the times the people who really give a shit get there early so they can sit in the you know, dead center of the movie. Cause that's, we were in people... row H the yeah, hierarchy
1: so... of the IMAX theater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, And we get there and the theater's filling up because everyone walked over and, you know, everyone – they should have started this movie, uh, you know, at least at 730 um, because we were just waiting there forever. And we get there and these two guys that look like they're straight out of – I don't know, like – Well, Zack
1: Snyder movie.
0: Yeah. Like they're just very bro dudes. And I'm not trying to profile them or anything. They just look like – they're like handsome dudes with tattoos that you just – you could tell that they were just you know full of themselves and just didn't give a shit about anyone but themselves <laughs> and immediate and wanted to be the center of attention, so they come in and which sometimes you get at these influencer events a lot, right like you're gonna get those people um they're not the schlubby critics like us that just want to sit there and and fucking watch the movie so these two guys walk in, and the theater's getting pretty full and and they they pass us and one guy's already being weird when he passes us doing like a little dance in front of us. And I'm like, go away. Like, well, you you didn't
1: even mention. So, so the Um, the hockey game was that night as well. And so when, when they first got there, they were being disruptive, but again, like it's like, okay, but they must've just
0: been drinking at the black Adam event at rec room. Yeah.
1: And, and, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, you know, once the movie begins, they'll kind of quiet down and watch the movie. And then one of the guys is like, oh, my buddy here, you know, like, always talks through the film well, and he's kind of talking to so we a had a buffer. like
0: everyone like well, I don't we know. had a
1: bit of a buffer so sitting next to me was there was no couple. one yet though when no, they no, came no, no, in no. but when no, they, they were came... they were talking to who i guess whoever but like they were kind of like almost looking so I'm I'm doing this on on the visual aspect of of YouTube. So they were looking up at the next row behind us behind yeah. us and they're kind of, he was just kind of like I think trying to see whoever would give him attention. And that's the exact thing. And then
0: he kept telling the person being like you can't save a buffer seat. You got to move over one. We need two seats. That so immediately he's already talking rudely to someone in the theater going you got to move over because i need two seats so and like this person i'd be like fuck you this is where i want to sit go find somewhere else to sit i can already tell that you're going to be annoying yeah and like thank god she did move over because like if not then they probably would have sat beside us because there was two seats or at least only one seat over but continue you said that then a couple comes in
1: yeah so then a couple comes in and they're kind of like uh the buffer zone between <laughs> the two seat buffer, yeah, yeah. So they sit down and they're minding their own business and talking and, and what have you before these the movie guys get begins. up and leave. The they, yeah, they're like, you know what? Let's let's go get some drinks and watch the game before before At we the watch bar. the movie. And then they get up and go. And when they they left, Matt, you kind of nailed it. You're like, oh god, they're gonna come back and be belligerent drunks.
0: And I said they'll come back twenty minutes into the movie. Yeah, I'm and like- so
1: so literally. The an hour be- go, an hour and a half passes. The movie begins. We're watching the film. They're not there. They're not there. Oh, and it was also extremely hot in this oh, theater. Oh, God.
0: Yeah, it was a Godzilla experience all over again. It was just like – it was so warm in the theater. Um, not Godzilla level if anyone's heard that story when we saw Godzilla at Young and Dundas. But it was very warm in there.
1: Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of – you know, adding on to it as well. And and so, you know, 20 to 30 minutes into this film, these two guys come back and...
0: Hands full of popcorn, beers, candy.
1: Yeah, and they're, you know, they're they're shuffling through. Uh, the guy who is going to be doing all the talking through this conversation literally <laughs> pelvis thrusts in my face, almost like he was doing it. I think he was doing it on purpose. Oh, but no,
0: I, he absolutely was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and
1: so I'm was. like... Dude, and the movie's already that's on. That's basically on at this sexual time. assault. Um sorry, it is. And like No, if you
0: if you thrust your your groin into someone's face, like that is absolutely disgusting. And yeah. just like also the movie is happening right now too where you're trying to watch as a film critic, like trying to it, not that he knows that, but it doesn't matter if you're a film critic or not. You're you're a human being in this theater yeah. trying to watch a goddamn movie. Like
1: so, so thanks for that. Uh they go to sit down and as soon as they sit down, they start talking or at least this one guy is and he is literally going he's just a motor mouth like he's he's he he won't stop he's talking to the like not buddy, only he's talking to the people beside him he's yeah and, and and this couple he's talking to he begins like saying like oh do you want like have some popcorn have this and put this on it and do this and then the one guy's kind of like trying to like you know get him to kind of quiet down by like okay fine i'll I'll grab one and then he starts talking to her and then it keeps going and going and he's reacting to the film and then he's talking to them again he's yelling rocky whatever yeah he's like this movie this movie this movie kind of sucks this movie's not great that was later in the in the the yeah 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 he's he's like okay you know after this movie's done uh uh dinner's on me to the couple that's sitting next to him and it's like i'm gonna buy drinks i'm gonna we're gonna do everything and then he starts pulling out his phone Throughout the whole movie. Throughout the whole film. And the first time – If you
0: haven't been to a press screening or an advanced screening, there's there's the guy we see all the time. He was there. Um, And his crew is always there. And they had about – it seemed like eight people in this theater, like watching yeah. uh, to make sure no one's recording, right? So they have security in the cinema to make sure people don't pull out their phones to record the post credit scene or to record certain scenes or just use your phone, like have some common courtesy. So this guy, this motherfucker, just not nonstop talking. Luckily, it's a loud ass movie, like Eric mentioned. Um, luckily, there are four seats down. So you probably got it more than I did because oh, yeah. like, I was on the aisle. Um, and then he's pulling out his phone and people behind him are telling him to stop. The security is coming over multiple times. And each time And they're saying, sir,
1: you cannot have your phone out during a promo or press screening. You need to put it away. And he's like, okay, hand to God, hand to God. I'll put it. Yeah, in I'm so thing. sure he's so my- much.
0: And he goes, my girlfriend, she's insane. She's crazy. I'm like, oh, that. Of course that's what you say. Um, of course you're a trash person that's going to be like, it's my girlfriend's fault. She's an insane woman. Like, I'm yeah. like, you're such a fucking dickhead, dude. Like hand, the worst to person.
1: I'm gonna put it away after this. I swear, it, no, thank Soft, you so then, much.
0: And then 10 minutes later, pulls out his fucking phone. Like, yeah. it's just it's it's comical, but also just so
1: aggravating. At this point, Eric, I just I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I just I don't, don't either, know. especially and with like, this, because this is you know we've gotten people that have pulled out their phone or people that talk during the movie and adding their own commentary to you know someone they're sitting next to or themselves. many of times
0: i've ter- told them myself to stop but
1: this was something else entirely like this was another level of obnoxiousness where like by the the third or fourth time that i'm surprised security did not Didn't ask kick him them to out leave. right that's and, what i mean and like, like he like like there was one point where the security like came and told him again he's like you know what how about you just take my phone how about how about that you know what you just take my phone and then and then by he couldn't
0: even control himself yeah so that like he needed it to be away from him i'm like oh my fucking god guys! by the
1: time we got to the like there was like maybe 20 minutes left of the movie he's having a full-on conversation with the security guards too yeah and you you finally get the row above him row eight uh, I also
0: turning on him
1: yeah being like shut the fuck up and the guy's like i came here to have a good time and like you know like we should be having a good time and you shouldn't be yelling at me like this it's like this is this is harassment blah 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 blah, blah. and then the movie when the movie ends and people are shuffling out the security guys are are still all standing at the side and he's
0: trying to like apologize to them or something like, you
1: know what i'm never uh, he, he's saying to to to, to Ro I, He's like, I, you know what you guys have convinced me i'm never gonna go out and see another movie again because good. i <laughs> disrupted you guys and you know what i'm made you feel bad so i'm gonna be a martyr and blah 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 blah, and, blah, 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 blah. And, and then he goes and starts talking to the security people and then like there are still people from uh row yeah. i that are talking to him and as well being like what the fuck is going on man like what what like he should have he kept removed. trying to
0: show the security that he wasn't recording, but then they were like, That's not the point, bro. Like, yes, we're supposed to make sure you're not recording the movie, but also don't pull out your fucking phone nonstop and talk to people nonstop. You're not at and home, like and you're yelling at the screen multiple times, and you're you want it to be about you. And I'm like, I don't understand these people and i just don't get it like what and he was drunk they were both drunk as hell and like and even the security guy who we see at our morning screenings we see at all of these screenings he was like where did these guys come from he's like these fucking drunks like he's just like because he was mad at the end of the movie and i'm like you guys and i i understand why they don't want to kick him out because like they want him to just listen to them because they don't want to cause a giant scene in the movie as well of like, but he caused
1: a scene through the entire, I know, but imagine
0: trying to kick him out how that would go, right? Like you'd have to like, I I don't, I, who the fuck knows, but like, that's the, the problem with all of this shit. And just like, it was one of the, the worst pairs of people I've ever had. And I, I could only imagine if I was sitting beside them, Eric, I would, I would be banished because I would have lost my goddamn mind. And like, I, and that's the thing. Like it's, if I get up and make a scene, like I'm, I'm there on, I'm there for work, right? Like I'm there on for business. I can't, I can't be that guy. Cause if that gets back to being like Matt got into a fight in the theater with two drunk guys, because they wouldn't stop is like, is bad. I would have had to keep going up and telling someone and going, you have to throw these guys out. Like, that's what I would have done. Like I would have just gone out and been like, you have to kick these guys out of the theater. You have to, they're being awful. And like for them to not do that was wild and just make it about themselves and completely ruin the experience for so many people because there were people behind them yelling at them as Eric mentioned. And like, and just like, yeah, it's just those guys that you like, again, just these mid 20s like it has to be about me tattooed like kind of douchebag guys that just like think they're the ones that they're like why can't you guys have fun let's have a good time like you don't want to fist bump me you don't want me to dance on you kind of thing like i'm just trying to have a good time here like you guys are all lame you guys are the lame ones not me and it's like we come Bro, to see a movie, like,
1: but you're really coming to see me.
0: It's all about yeah. me. It can't I'm just be trying. about to, the I'm, Rock. A, I'm a fun-loving guy who loves to get drunk and party, man. Like, I'm the fun one. You guys are all lame. Like, that's the type of person where I'm just like, good Christ. I'm surprised. Like, we did a really good review for Black Adam, and we never mentioned it once because we were surprisingly able to focus on the movie. But well, I because think- it
1: was in a loud theater, and I think the movie – like, they're like, there are only there's only a couple quiet moments in the film. Is when I
0: started to hear them more too. Yeah, but...
1: and like luckily that soundtrack and and that's and that sound design was able to kind of drown them out. So like even he was still literally having a full conversation as the whole movie went on. Um, it it was. You know, like that's where I was happy to see like, you know, generic action sequences. I was just kind of totally because like, it just drowned Thank them you. out, right? Yeah. But it was still like you... him fighting it aggressively to be like, no, I've got to be heard. I'm surprised more people in the rest of the theater didn't hear it because yeah. it seemed to be loud enough and disruptive enough for other people to notice. And like, I'm also surprised that that row behind him didn't react sooner. Like it wasn't until like the last 20 minutes of the movie where they people just, just like, finally started getting fed up and yeah. he kept
0: doing it more through it when they did come in 20 minutes into the movie or 25 minutes into the movie. It's just like, I don't know, man, like it, it happens so often. It happens more so at these promo screenings than a paying audience, just because people feel entitled and whether these guys were invited there, like they, they, Dude, I bet you both of those guys were invited there as fucking influencers or some shit. And I would love to find them because like just to kind of email and go, these guys were fucking awful. Why did you invite them to this event? And like, why were they there? And they shouldn't be invited back to anything because it was just awful. That being said, uh, like Eric and I just mentioned, the movie kind of did drown them out. You can listen to our review. Um, We did enjoy the movie. I think we can say that um, to an extent. Um, and I think maybe we would have enjoyed it more if we didn't have these guys beside us the whole time, who knows? Um, th- cause it did, it was like the cherry on top of a very exhausting day leading up to that point. And, um, like a sour cherry, um, on top because like, it, it was just the most distracting, terrible, awful people. And I know we have these stories a lot on this show. I think it's cause Eric and I go to the movie so often that like, Uh, I think everyone has these stories every once in a while.
1: Well, the last time was escape room too. Right. Where like, it was kind of recently watched. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of aggressive, but this was something else. Like this truly was on another level where it kind of just felt like, okay, everything that you could do to possibly ruin everybody else's night. They did, (laughs) you know, like, and, and, and again, like I, I'm really good at having tunnel vision when watching a movie. Like, I can block people out. Like, I can just – I can focus on the movie, focus yeah. on the job, focus on what you're here to do. If it's
0: not being properly projected or – Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Like,
0: but then – you know, This was it's... fine. The projection and sound was was great. It, IMAX is always good. Yeah, at
1: and, 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 and with this, this is the kind of movie that you don't have to necessarily, like – know every single detail even though like it is a very kind of nerdy movie too and like you know there are aspects where it's like okay like people will fixate on certain things but if this were armageddon time and this was the same situation yeah it would have been dealt with differently because that movie is so quiet i know yeah that like if they were doing that you everybody would hear them in the theater and you know it's just like it's one of those things where again it's one thing to be loud it's one thing to be talking it's one thing to be putting out your phone it's one thing to be intoxicated all of that (laughs) in one plus a personality that is is so narcissistic um and and insecure i i would assume that it you know this person could not handle the fact that attention was on a movie and not how these people don't know him. that they're awful is just mind-blowing to me. Yeah.
0: Anyways, uh, the event itself, we had a good time. It was, you know, exhausting, but thrilling to see the rock. It was great to see the movie in IMAX. Like, um, I did really ultimately have a good time hanging out with Eric at the, at the event. Like I, I, I really, really did. It was just I'm not one for celebrity, but The Rock, who I have seen in person, but from afar. Whether it's at a rest, it's usually at a wrestling event. I've seen him multiple times when I was younger at, at WWE events. But to see him ten feet from us, do his thing, and just this gigantic man who who obviously really wants to promote the shit out of this movie. Um, it was cool to see him in person. So ultimately, I think that was the most memorable part was those guys at in that screening but overall they didn't ruin the entire night it was just i was flabbergasted of how those people exist essentially yeah. so um check out our review for black adam it should be up now if not it'll be up, up very very soon um where eric and i talk about our thoughts in de- in detail about the actual movie and not just the events surrounding it uh whoo that was uh there's always a was story a every flare? once in a while Ooh. Woo! Woo! uh where do you want to go from here eric do you want to talk about what we've been watching do we want to jump into the harrison
1: ford thing
0: swing over the mcu or i think
1: we should do some news before we get into what we've been watching just because yeah. you know news we we tend to neglect from time to time we so. do we're
0: we're this show has shifted into just matt and eric hang out and talk about whatever they want yeah uh rather than being like a place hey, you're gonna go get your It's our news. show if there's some news that uh piques our interest you know we'll talk about it so the big one which was
1: i just want to quickly say that this uh part of our our show has been sponsored by uh midnight cream (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that
0: too um that can be a news thing that we talk about but i do want to talk about you know we'll go from the dc eu to the mcu um surprise surprise me talking about the mcu but um I think a surprising piece of news because I didn't believe it when I heard it last week when it was rumored and it's been rumored for a little while, but now it's actually, you know, been reported by Hollywood reporter and and variety. So like sources, I actually trust Um, it, which even they can get things wrong sometimes, but it looks like Harrison Ford is going to be joining the MCU as uh, Thunderbolt Ross taking over the role from William Hurt, um starting with Captain America New World Order and also uh, in the Thunderbolts film uh I, I want my
1: family back
0: I did not expect this cuz like I thought you know I know Harrison Ford has done some giant franchises done some great movies done some bad movies but Harrison Ford always known as this grumpy old dude now who who didn't care about Star Wars or ever did uh I think does care about Indiana Jones to an extent Um, didn't think he'd come back for another one. Uh, didn't think I'd be hearing that he would be playing a character in the MCU. I just thought like, but maybe money talks, maybe his relationship with Disney and and stuff like that with star Wars and Indiana Jones talks. I don't know. Uh, but I, I think it's very interesting. Uh, and, and I I love Harrison Ford. So to see him part of, uh, you know, a, a cinematic universe, I really care about. Um, and we were curious about how they were going to handle the passing of William Hurt, right? So Harrison Ford, it looks like it's just going to be like he's playing the version we've seen throughout all of these years, unless it's a multiverse version, but I think it'll probably just be the same version.
1: Yes, and his daughter Betty will still not be acknowledged in any capacity whatsoever. <laughs> um, you know what? It's one of those things where, like, I think I would have been more surprised if it was, if it was something that ha- like it was announced in Harrison Ford's prime, you know, when he was making movies sure. like Raiders of the lost Ark and blade runner and the original star Wars movies. And then like, Oh, he got, goes and d- does this really popular kind of like franchise. Uh, I don't know what the equivalent would be at that point. I guess it would have been star Wars or, or Indiana Jones, but um, because of like, and I even tweeted this because of like the expendables three and him joining that movie. That you is
0: know, a fair a, point. A,
1: 11, years ago or 12 years ago now um it kind of feels like after that it's like okay like literally like Harrison Ford can be in anything and it's the same thing with like the sequel to Anchorman it's like you look at Harrison Ford's career in the last decade or so it's like that yeah, he's been, he's been taking a lot of roles for the money and and also I mean another thing to consider is that he probably has grandchildren that um you know love this stuff as well. So he's probably thinking of them. I I think the most interesting question to ask is what Harrison Ford is going to show up. Is it going to be phoning it in Ford or is it going to be Harrison Ford that actually wants to, you know, give a really good performance in something like Blade Runner 2049, you know, like it it might come down to the director he's working with or uh, the script or how he just kind of feels replacing an actor who's already kind of played that role. But then also, you know, William Hurt having replaced Sam Elliott, you know, in in, in uh, The Incredible Hulk. So, um, you know, like, it's interesting, like, that's like a role that can be replaced and probably needed to be replaced, given where that character's storyline is going um but then also you know even with you know on the on the eve of of you know Wakanda forever coming out you know the decision being made not to replace Chadwick Boseman um i think that's going to be an interesting conversation that i'm sure someone will ask Kevin Feige at some point um you know why recast someone who just died as well it's
0: almost like an old i hate being ageist or anything either but it, i think that is a little bit of ageism of being like oh william hurt wasn't super old but you know was an older man and it's like almost a weird like more expected versus unexpected thing of like but
1: harrison ford's in his 80 like he's i know 80, right? harrison so- ford
0: could could bite the dust at any moment but like i it's yeah i don't know I, I think that's an interesting conversation and and uh i think maybe just because of how young chadwick was and being the lead in in those movies and uh, i don't know like a respect thing to be like
1: yeah but i I I think i think it works. i'm not i'm not saying that it should be done or shouldn't be done i think it's just more of something to present and sort of have that conversation about because again it's like okay so you know william hurt you know his his personal life has been discussed and and some of the problematic nature there but um yeah, it's just weird that you know somebody who recently passed away is being recast, and there, unless there is a multiverse angle, which there very well could be, um, there isn't going to be much of a, 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 a sort of you know change there. Like maybe there I don't think be an there angel. will. I like think Don it'll Cheadle be more, coming. Yeah, in, you know, to play uh, uh, War Machine. And then, I think it's
0: more like that than it yeah. is
1: a multiverse thing. Like
0: uh, I think you could have yeah, Sam it's me Thaddeus show up over at some it. point yeah <laughs> you know? um I don't know I just Harrison Ford I can't wait to see him do press for this movie and people ask him MCU questions I don't and, he, care. and he goes I don't know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> like like when they're like oh do you think Thaddeus Ross will turn into Red Hulk and he'll go I don't know what that is <laughs> like, like, and, or maybe he will be red Hulk at some point, but I can't imagine you got uh Harrison
1: Ford in a mocap suit or anything no. like, I think like, the man uh, has too much dignity to do to a mocap. Not, not, the, not that putting yourself in a mocap. Suit. I just think no, like, he's like, on a generation where it's yeah, like, who I don't want, like
0: Mark Ruffalo has no problem doing that, yeah. wearing a onesie and having to get somebody on.
1: else to do it and but put like, my face on. A that's what he'll,
0: <laughs> that's what he'll say. he will be like, I don't care what you do. Just, I'm not going in that thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like I i that's what fascinates me about it right and he's such a huge name he's Han Solo he's Indiana Jones so I mean I guess it only makes sense that he's also going to play a character in the MCU like right it, it literally you know those are like three of the biggest things ever and and all Disney properties so like it's it's not surprising and surprising. I guess I just didn't. I I heard that rumor a while ago, and I was like, that can't be true. <laughs> and then like I'm like, oh no, they got Harrison Ford. So and we, you know, we made we've made the joke for the last ten years of like every everyone is going to do a Marvel movie at some point. Everyone <laughs> like uh, if Christian Bale can play a villain in in MCU and after Keaton. playing and Michael Keaton, and after playing Batman, like I wouldn't be surprised if The Rock does. Uh, a Marvel movie at uh, five to 10 years down the line, depending on how the DCEU stuff uh, pans out. But like, um, I think nothing, no one is untouchable when it comes to this stuff. Um, and because it makes just, money, right? Yeah, and like,
1: it's, 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 it's popular. A, it's like, you said it's a, a lot product of them, like, as well, right? Like it's kids it, like, that might
0: be ex- obsessed with it or grandkids. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Like I remember Robert Redford saying the same thing. Like he didn't really know much about it. And he, the reason why he joined, you know, uh, captain america America, the winter soldier was because he his grandkids really watched those movies and like he you know has a business to run and Sundance and things like that. And so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good kind of like one-off kind of thing where it's like, you know, I come in and do my bit and then go out. I mean, Harrison Ford seems to be doing more than one movie. So that, but will... I still
0: think there'll be smaller roles in both.
1: Right? Oh, like, definitely. that like, is a big Ross name is never too. really.
0: Yeah. It's a name to put and a face to put on the poster for sure. And I think it de- definitely helps those movies, especially Captain America, where you don't necessarily have Chris Evans anymore um and that you kind of have to uh, hope Anthony Mackie can can sell a movie you saying that right? Tim Blake Nelson is um, a selling
1: point for the new Captain America um, movie
0: yeah, so I mean, there's more connection to to the Incredible Hulk, which is interesting too. Yeah, right? again, so, I,
1: that's that is the weirdest part of this whole thing, and even you know, watching She-Hulk and and he Liv and Tyler's
0: Hulk. got a con- why hasn't she yet? I don't yeah, understand. or why haven't
1: they recast her yeah, like yeah. It, it, Like it's you know, it's it's like that's the thing where like even with She-Hulk, you know, ending its 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 season recently, which it's we can like, talk
0: about in a moment too. Yeah, We're it's at it's, the end.
1: It's one of those things where the incredible Hulk is such a weird kind of outlier within the canon of the rest of the MCU that it's acknowledged and also not acknowledged at the same time. So it's like, yeah, like the Betty thing, like Betty's only ever been brought up in what if, and that even isn't necessarily considered canon um, or, or it could be, I it's guess because it's multiverse, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but that's the only other time that, that Betty Ross has ever been brought up. And then, yeah, like you've had, you know, um, Sam Elliott play uh, Thaddeus in Ang Lee's Hulk. Um, you've had William Hurt play uh, him in in the Incredible Hulk, and then go into the MCU. And now you're having Harrison Ford. Like it, it's almost like this like ongoing joke. Like who's replacing? Who's going to be next to take that role on? It's almost like Felix Leiter in in um, the Bond movies. Every time there's a new Bond film, Felix Leiter is always played, other than the more recent ones with with Jeffrey Wright uh felix Slater is always played by a different actor to the point where like anytime he's introduced bond or felix have to reintroduce themselves not yeah. to each other but to the audience to tell you this is the new actor playing this is that felix role. Slater. yeah yeah yeah
0: so yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool. I mean, I love Harrison Ford. I agree with you of like what Harrison Ford we're gonna get, right? Like even as he's gotten older, like since the Expendables 3, which you brought up, which and Anchorman 2 were almost in like the same time and Ender's game. Like oh, um, God, yeah. there was that stretch of movies from you know paranoia to uh God, that film. Yeah, Cowboys and actually it probably starts with like Cowboys and Aliens, like or I, I don't know. Like our crystal skull, everything was downhill from there, but like uh, not downhill. Like he got out of the
1: fridge and was like, you know what? I'm just going to make some money. <laughs>
0: so I, I understand what you're saying there. Like I, I do like him in force awakens and blade runner. And,
1: um, cause it felt like he was actually engaged with the material and he was giving performances where a lot of those movies you just mentioned. I, I think he's actually also having a lot of fun in expendables three. Um, but he was also kind of replacing Bruce Willis at that point. Right. So, yeah. um, but a lot of his roles kind of feel like he is sleepwalking through, you know, his scenes and like, he's kind of really just phoning it in.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm wondering how much, cause like uh, Thunderbolt Ross in the MCU really just shows up for a scene and then bounces, right? Like yeah. William Hurt has been popping up frequently, but like, it's usually just in a scene or two, right? Like he hasn't had a substantial role. And I know the Thunderbolts really much is, that's why I was, I'm, I was, I thought they might recast the role because I'm like, I don't think you can do Thunderbolts without Thaddeus Ross, right? Like, um, it's literally named after him (laughs) so well you um, could have i
1: guess had a narrative where he passes and in his name they create this group and then you could have julie louis dreyfus's character come in and kind of like take over right because i think she's Uh going to be like the kind of like middle person the middle yeah
0: woman yeah 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 i don't know it's uh it's it's cool i guess I, i'm here for it so and i'm sure we'll get way more mc well i mean we have as well
1: with like all the delays as well with like you know oh, yeah. Blade being put on the back burner to better develop the script which i'm all i'm all for i think if you rush into things i agree you know like you you have a product that's not but then again i mean if you spend 15 years on something and you still kind of have a middle of the road movie um you know what does that go to show but i do feel like the marvel kind of conveyor belt does go too fast at times for you know some filmmakers and and screenwriters and totally visual slow down a little bit
0: i'm fine with that like we didn't need two avengers movies in a year and i'm glad that they're now a year apart from each other like that that's too much you want an avengers movie to still feel big like an impactful like thing that it's you an don't get that yeah film right you yeah know. that you don't get that often getting two of them in the same year i think would undercut secret wars right like if you got kang dynasty four months before six months before whatever like i feel like it does kind of undercut uh secret wars so just shifting everything you know you shifted a bunch of stuff fantastic four deadpool um uh blade and 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 secret wars that like i'm fine with that like i I want these things to be spread out a little bit more like um i understand why you keep pumping these out why we have the shows why we have the movies but like i I, it's a problem we had with star wars where i guess star wars struggled more than the mcu of like we were getting way too much star wars way too quickly where it kind of got watered down a little bit to the point where when that like didn't feel as like like special right and and like it, i may maybe being too precious over it and and who cares but yeah be more um, like tony gilroy yeah i mean we'll get to andor star and star wars we'll I'll still to, make a
1: movie let's still make a series about it though
0: <laughs> we'll get to andor and she hulk at the end of the episode when we talk about what we've been watching but um yeah i i i think spreading them out a little bit more and giving people time to actually um Make the movie that they want to make is a good thing, so um, we shall see. Any other news you wanted to talk about that we missed over the or that was that the big one? I mean, we got the Creed 3 trailer, we'll touch on it briefly. Like,
1: um, good luck,
0: Ant Man! Yeah, (laughs) um, it looks like more Creed. Cool that Michael B. Jordan's uh getting to try to uh direct it. Um, I think that's it makes sense for a movie in the Rocky franchise. No Um, Stallone, though, speaking
1: of Rocky, so.
0: No Stallone. Um, but I like the route that they're going with it. Um yeah, Jonathan Majors looks gigantic and and just I love that guy. So like I'm excited to see him in this and Ant Man and and stuff moving forward and becoming just a giant movie star. So um I'm I'm thrilled with that. Creed three um looks fun. Like I'm I'm here for more Creed. I love the
1: first two Creed movies, so yeah, I, I think the first Creed film is pretty much as close to a masterpiece as you can put together and, and, um, reinvented, uh, you know, the Rocky franchise in such a way that it was like, okay, like you can really do something different. And I think that's part of why something like Cobra Kai, you know, came about because, you know, they saw potential there and sort of, you know, going left instead of going right and, 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 and making an interesting decision in terms of what path you follow after you've kind of you know, been down this one direction for so long um, and, and reinvent, you know, the characters that you're familiar with, but also kind of, you know, introduce new ones that you, that you like just as much. The second Creed movie, I think is okay. Um, yeah. I'm
0: with you. Like I, I, I think the first one I still one think is it's fun. Yeah, I still same. think
1: it's a fun movie. And I think like there, there, there's a lot to enjoy, but it didn't have the same impact as that first movie did where it was like, Oh man, like it made, it reminded me why I loved Rocky so much as well, you know, on top of loving Creed Um, with this, it kind of feels like, Oh, like we're getting kind of like a classic, like sports entertainment movie and, 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 you know, Michael B. Jordan making his directorial debut. Um, We'll see, you know, what kind of muscles he flexes there. If there's going to be anything, uh, you know, like, you know, single takes or anything like that that's stylish, or if he's going to kind of keep it more about, you know, the, the, the kind of friendship slash falling out of both uh, Donnie and uh, Damien uh, played by uh, Jonathan Majors, who, yeah, like is like just an amazing actor. And now seeing him, you know, pop up in these, bigger studio films in co-leading roles um it's just it's it's really exciting to see his career flourish the way it has in the last few years absolutely
0: um the other trailer we should talk about we've already talked about mario but we got to talk about megan <laughs> so <laughs> yeah and eric you got to see the megan trailer with an audience which uh would have been thrilling but it was um, it was I- thrilling matt I have this feeling. So people, if you haven't watched the Megan trailer, uh, go watch it. Um, It's basically, um, I guess, Chucky for the uh, 21st century, I guess, where, although um, the
1: child's play remake was that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess. But um, yeah, you have this, basically this Android, not Android, this robot, um, that uh, little girl robot that, you know, kills people. That's all you need to know. Um, But it's, She's very creepy looking. Um, it's got some weird, dark humor in that trailer. Uh, people. It's written by one of the writers of Malignant. So that already I'm like, yep, sign me up. Um, and then I think the director, you said, Eric, his last movie um, uh, was uh, good as well. Uh, right? Household.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's again, I don't want to ruin anything, but it, it does yeah. fall into a subgenre of horror movies where – um, if I were to name the other films I'm referencing, okay. you would know kind of what what the twist is in the film. But it it was really well made. Um, I'm surprised it's taken this long for like him to get to America and 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 make something here because um, that movie is uh, a New Zealand production. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very curious now to see if if uh, some of that humor from um, Household will, will will translate. So
0: yeah it looks funny and you said the crowd went crazy for the trailer too
1: dude there were people like as soon as you see the doll introduced in the trailer they like, <laughs> You're like, fuck it. no
0: <laughs> yeah i love it yeah um i'm here for it and uh it seems like it has some of that like even the way that megan rises up uh reminds me of um gabriel right from, yeah um uh, yeah the kind Long of Inn.
1: almost that kind of athletic kind of like uh, yeah, what's, like what's the word I'm down, that, down just that stands visi- up, that physicality yeah. where it's like that kind of um it's almost like a dance it's yeah. almost a combination well, there is of a literal dancing fight. in the trailer too yeah. which
0: is very very funny so um comes out in january i i have already seen it go viral on tiktok i've seen it kind of go viral on twitter so like i'm curious if that will translate to megan's the people's champ um to a january you know box office that you know could be pretty quiet so horror does uh, well in
1: january i mean look at how the you know five cream did right yeah like it's it's i think it's a good time for you know movies that aren't going to be like it's a good palate cleanser because you have award season kind of stuff still kind of playing the field when it comes to platform releases but then you also have something like this which is kind of just like pure entertainment and like Mm -hmm. it's just selling you on you know the high concept of a killer doll and just all you need sometimes is the image of something whether it be a smiling face or a killer clown that's all you need and i think the movie will do better than what universal and and blumhouse are even expecting it to do
0: yeah i agree uh moving on to what we've been watching to wrap up the show eric i think we gotta start with both she hulk and Andor cuz yes. the last you know She-Hulk will start there since we were on the MCU Kick and then we'll get into Andor cuz Andor holy crap is really good. Um She-Hulk also very very good. There's just a lot of good nerdy TV on right now and and She-Hulk I think wrapped up its first season uh episode 9 aired last week. Um we won't go into spoilers or anything if in case you haven't caught up but um, we might do a spoiler cast because I think there's enough there that I, maybe not right away, but there is enough there that I do really want to talk about in spoiler form. Um, I really enjoyed the hell at a She-Hulk this season. Uh, I think episodes eight and nine um, were fantastic and really showed how clever the storytelling was where I, I didn't even necessarily need... Um, you know much plot which the which in a meta way the the finale does touch on um but its storytelling was very clever in the way that it planted all these seeds and ultimately um was very character driven uh, uh based off Jennifer's life and what she was going through and how these men were treating her and just how men treat women in in general especially women of Prominence or celebrity and things like that too, and I, I think the movie was or the the show was very very smart while still being a very funny sitcom esque, um, you know, law half hour comedy that, uh, but still had a lot of ramifications for the MCU, had a lot of uh, just great, like I said, character moments, fun action sequences even though there weren't that many of them and never really needed them um and just a genuinely enjoyable show that felt episodic felt like real like a television show not an extended movie um but then also played up all those things to kind of have this both a meta commentary on the superhero genre how men uh Uh, you know, some toxic masculinity gets involved into superhero culture and in life in general. Um, And I just really enjoyed the hell out of it.
1: Yeah. I I liked it as well. I I think that the last two episodes go to some darker places that I wasn't expecting. And then also, you know, the fourth wall breaking thing, it's always dependent on how good the writing is because sometimes you have writers or scripts that, come off as smug or as though they're smarter than you know the actual material they're working with with here it's playful enough and also engaging with its themes and its concepts of you know you mentioned you know toxic masculinity but also like ownership and gatekeeping and um you know the idea of who the mcu is for and and what it means to people um I I think the strongest aspect of this whole season is that it decides not to go in the traditional third act route and without spoiling anything. It, it, it was the first show or movie within the MCU that kind of felt like, Oh, they are actively now trying to figure out a way to not, conclude Do the same like thing. <laughs> every other comic book movie not just mcu movie but just every other comic book film and and i think for that alone i appreciate it even though again some of the cleverness and tongue-in-cheek kind of qualities don't always land i don't think it's always as funny um as it's trying to be but i also think that what it's saying has more weight and and consideration than what a lot of these other comic book films have had. And I, I, you know, we talked about this with Thor Love and Thunder and, 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 and even with, you know, our comments on Deadpool three getting announced, like not every comic book adaptation, not every Marvel movie needs to be the same as She-Hulk or Deadpool three or Thor Ragnarok, you know, like this, this fitted the character and its tone and it was true to who, Uh, jennifer was and 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 with that it works so i think that the 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 writing team and the directors and everybody that kind of worked on this were able to kind of figure out what worked best for the character and put the character before plot you know and and with with other marvel properties moving forward i hope they consider the same thing it's like okay well with blade being delayed maybe really think about how you want to present blade blade is a darker character and blade Mm -hmm. is a character that you know has a a a much more kind of you know talking about anti-heroes is 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 that kind of guy and if you already have the wesley snipes movies as kind of like a model to be like okay well you know we can still have fun with it but we can add the brooding quality into that that's something that you want to do but you know you look at Moon Knight, we had some problems with Moon Knight where it came to how self-serious it was. So, yeah. you know, there's there's always, I think it's it's always about figuring out how the character works within their world first before considering how the character will work in the overall arc of the rest of the universe. And I think the other important f- aspect of this show or the thing that makes it, come together as a whole is tatiana Mislani. i think that she Plus, is i
0: was just going to bring her up she is absolutely the best. fantastic
1: she's she is so charming unbelievably talented as an actor um you know i'm i'm so happy that they were able to find a decent balance between doing you know the motion capture you know uh she hulk and letting her be jennifer because i think it kind of did create that split personality and wanting kind of... to
0: be jennifer right and be taken yeah. seriously as jennifer too. Which just is Jen, a big, you know? yeah which is a big part of the show she is just so good she has she oozes chemistry with every single person in that show and i i don't think many people can have that there's usually the one person maybe uh, uh titania um jamila jamil's character i didn't care much for um that whole kind of plot line but Everything else, I just think she just, you know, her stuff with, at this point, I think we can talk about Matt Murdock, Um, Absolutely incredible. Like, I just, I, I love those two, that episode of them two together. Um, I I was like, I cannot believe I love these two characters this much together. Um, I was not expecting that at all. Um, and I just think like every single person, whether it was her, her best friend, um, who I thought was excellent in the show. Um, you know, even uh, Tim Tim Roth uh, uh, coming back. Like I thought, Zen Roth. Um, yeah, he's, so, Zen- he's
1: so chill in this.
0: Um, I, I loved everything with him, and even his interactions with Jen were great. Her stuff with Bruce and 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 everyone. Like it just everyone she talked with, and then just when she was on her own as well, and breaking the fourth wall, or like just her delivery on everything was just so pitch perfect and so fantastic that like she became skyrocketed to like one of my favorite mcu characters and like i want a great performance too yeah and a great yeah yeah, that's what i mean just she's great and that makes her one of my favorite characters because the performance is so great yeah um yeah so it's excellent if you uh dropped out or or didn't finish it i assure you go back and like watch it 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 is really really good um moving on to andor which so eric you had a jam packed weekend you you caught up with she-hulk you caught up with andor Watched um, Halloween
1: ends and smile.
0: Yeah. Um the last episode of Andor, which is episode six, correct? The eye. The eye is one of the best episodes of television um I have watched in a long time. And I think it's one of the best pieces of Star Wars we've gotten in a long time. It feels a hundred percent Star Wars and also completely different than a lot of Star Wars we've been getting and was one of the most thrilling kind of hours um, I've had in, in in a very long time. It is excellent.
1: Yeah, it, it's so tense and well constructed from a story, you know, standpoint that when you're watching this, this, this heist go down, you feel the tension mounting and every kind of thing Going all at once, and you're waiting for like, what's that moment where everything is going to fall down like a, you know, a, a house of cards, and like the the one thing that they didn't anticipate, or the, you know, like, th- they're classic tropes within that genre. But the way that it is constructed over the course of this episode, and even in in the past episode as well, with kind of the the setup and getting to know the rest of the team members, and still kind of being on edge even with them, and not really completely trusting them um you know cassian and, and where he goes with this episode and it, it is such like it's one of those things where it's like if it wasn't for the rehearsal and barry being released this year i would say it is the best piece of television i have watched in the last year Fair. um but i do think that it is the the same hey, even best... being in
0: the same conversation of those two things that you said right. is impressive but
1: i do think it is the single best piece of star wars content i have seen since the original trilogy i don't disagree i I don't disagree more than than the last jedi like i think it reminded me so much of why i loved star wars in the first place and it's getting back to those core themes and the elements that make star wars what it is and that's great storytelling with you know tributes and homages to other genres classic filmmaking you know this is this is literally a world war ii story being told you know from the front lines in a lot of ways and then you know it's a thrilling heist story and dan gilroy and tony gilroy and Susanna white you know like the this team is just it's it's a slow build but it's one that earns every moment and it is such a beautifully constructed, it's gorgeous piece too, of, yeah, and just, of filmmaking, and like the mechanics of it are are amazing. Like just where certain characters are going, or where they are at the moment, and you know,
0: setups, the payoffs, the like, yeah. the unexpectedness of it all. Like, it, I think. This show is so interesting because prequels can be very predictable because you know where a character ends up. And we had this whole conversation a few episodes ago, I think, and talking about Better Call Saul and, and, and things like that, where this is also doing that thing where it's... You, yes, we ultimately know where Andor, Cassian Andor, ends up, but we don't really know about any dead. of these other characters. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's um, dead. And... But this show does such a good job of introducing new characters and, and 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 being unexpected of how they use them and just uh fuck man. There were so many times where I went like, oh shit. Like, and I haven't said that at a Star Wars thing in forever. Um, I think since Last Jedi, and I agree with you that I might like this more than The Last Jedi. Um, where I was like, oh, this is unexpected. It feels completely fresh while still. Feeling familiar, uh, whether it's familiar for Star Wars, familiar for these other genres we're talking about, um, but then taking all those pieces and making something wholly unique of taking stuff from World War II movies, taking stuff from spy movies, taking stuff from those genres and and just kind of mashing that all together, but then still like having so much Star Wars in it and this goes back to Tony Gilroy, Dan Gilroy, Susanna White who directed this episode. I don't know her attachment to Star Wars, but I know the Gilroys have talked about how they had no attachment to Star Wars and but then they can which is amazing. Of, which then they can look at probably watch Rogue One and watch some of these star other Star Wars movies and the way that like tie fighters are used are the scariest I've ever seen tie fighters ever in Star Wars and just ha- seeing someone get into those and launch and, and, and chase after someone and this whole heist sequence. You could watch just this episode and I think this is like a little mini movie. You don't necessarily need to have all the setup even though the setup adds to it. I think you could just show someone the eye and just go, this is an incredible hour story And just show them this heist episode and you would still be like, holy fuck, that was fantastic. And like, I think the performances are amazing. uh, Where the characters go is amazing. The actual heist is amazing. um, How it's set up and how tense every moment is because, again, you don't know what happens to 99% of these characters. Um, I thought the cinematography like we've talked about on this show of like not shooting on green screen and shooting on actual fucking locations like it does so much to add to the show like it really does just like even if you're in an open fucking field I like it just looks like you're actually on. A, a different planet not just in a sound stage right like it it really helps and like this show i i'm sure there is green screen and i'm sure there is the volume and, and stuff like that that they use but the way that they somehow have managed to mix real locations with that stuff like has really added um and felt like star wars right because like yeah we can commend j.j abrams and ryan johnson for using like practical puppets and and things like that and to try to add that star Wars kind of vibe to things. Um, But then as you got into further along and and there's more CG and more green screen, I mean, don't talk about the prequels, which were all blue screen, but like it's, and when you got into Mandalorian and Obi-Wan, like they really, the volume was that new thing where I could see, you know, Tony Gilroy and Dan Gilroy and, and everyone on the show just be going like we don't let's let's do this how it should be which is on location at these places and um I think that helps so so much and there're just some really gorgeous moments in this episode too like the um the scene with all the different, like the, is it asteroids or whatever's happening? Um, yeah. Cause or, it's the, that's what the eye like is, a, right. It's like this yeah. kind of
1: like, um, like sh- traditional, shower, like a, yeah, this, this moment that happens every so often and, and, you and, know, the, and the, the uh, people of the planet yeah, specifically the kind indigenous of culture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, even that is interesting and in how it's talking about colonization and, and, and sort of how, you know, this invading empire, you know, is going into those. planets
0: and Yeah and just does um, not give a flying fuck about them. Yeah, and, just, and I even
1: like, like the design of their kind of their their base. It almost looks like a dam, you know, the way that it's kind of designed and like again like thinking of the Dam Busters, the that movie and and so like just It's brutal
0: the, and violent at times too and just, know, Oh, it's
1: like, it's it's unforgiving. And and I think again like I I just I appreciate that, you know, Mon Mothra's there, but like a lot of these characters aren't necessarily directly connected to you know, the original movies or just the Skywalker saga in general. Like it, 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 it finally feels like we are getting a universe. Like yeah. we're, we're, it's not just like, Oh, what a coincidence. I'm running into Lando or, you know, oh, C-3PO and r 2 2
0: are here. Like, yeah. like it might be surprise. the first Star Wars thing where those two fuckers aren't in it. Right. Like yeah. it's just, it's, or in some sense, right. Like, and I know ultimately the rebellion is the thing that kicks off, the original star wars movie so it still very much is attached to the skywalker saga but it does still seem so far removed from it right like obviously the empire and and you know darth vader is not even really spoken about and 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 like it's it's very much focused on these characters and ultimately we know cassie and andor has a direct part into passing princess Leia that fucking hard drive. Like we, we know that we know CG Leia turns around and goes hope. Um, But like, (laughs) um, but like it doesn't feel like that. Yet, you know, like I'm sure, maybe in season two we might get Mads Mikkelsen show up, and we might get more characters from Road One show up, and the uh the android, right? And
1: yeah, voiced by Alan um, Tudyk.
0: Yeah, so I think we'll probably get some of those elements in season two, but we're only halfway through this season, and they gave us a one of the best pieces of Star Wars that we've gotten since the OG trilogy, and like that is is mind blowing to me. And like you mentioned house of cards was, I think is funny because Bo Will, Williman Willeman um, uh, wrote three episodes coming up. So I thought that was funny. Um, but you know, the people that they brought on with this, like that creator of house of cards, you have Dan Gilroy, you have Tony Gilroy, like it seems people that you wouldn't expect doing star Wars, right? You have Steven Schiff who did the, um, the, uh, he did some work on the Americans and, and, uh, and stuff like that so um it just seems very adult as well right like adult star wars star wars
1: after dark
0: well it kind of feels like that it right? is a very like, mature is, take like, a mature on, is a perfect word
1: yeah. on like like the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian have stuff that I think still very pulpy, young,
0: still kind of yeah, a
1: younger audience can really get into. But I could also understand, you know, you showing this to a younger kid and the kid being kind of bored by it, especially where, like, by those first three episodes. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's it's building it's dense too. It's building the politics and the hierarchy of the Star <laughs> Wars universe. It really is. I mean, yeah. it's it's looking at the levels of government and the levels of you know, this dictatorship that has, you know, recently formed and and how kind of, you know, the mechanics and the inner workings of that kind of go about. And, and again, kind of the um, backstabbing within those own organizations or kind of, you know, trying to usurp somebody that's uh, ahead of you. And then like somebody being kind of so, you know, gung ho to be a part of that that organization that they shoot themselves in the foot because they are you know feeling though that they need to be you know at a hundred percent all the time you know um so it's yeah it's just it's it, it really does feel like it is finally like dissecting the universe a little bit more and looking in other corners of the galaxy and not just like oh well we gotta we gotta connect this somehow to Luke and Leia and C three PO and R two D two and Lando and all your favorites. You and know? Jedi has to show up. Darth Vader has to show up. Yeah, Chewie's um, got to have a walk on cameo. You know.
0: Yeah. So I'm hoping I, I have faith now that we're not going to get that stuff, and it is very much going to stick with this. And it is yeah, a the shame. Force doesn't
1: need to be with you all the time.
0: It is a shame that I have heard that it is performing worse than. A lot of the other Star Wars stuff because I, I think again, Cassian Andor not a character that people were like itching to get a series for. You almost shouldn't have called it Andor. Like I almost think they should have called it something else. But
1: I mean, um, if it was called Dash Rendar,
0: they gotta that guy's gotta show up at some point. um Yeah, like I really hope more people give this a shot, right? Because like. I'm sure it's still performing well. Don't get me wrong. Like I think hardcore star Wars people will get around to it, even if they haven't yet. Like I've talked to other people that are like, Oh yeah, I haven't watched it yet. And I'm like, you, you got to, you got to, it's so good. Yeah. Um, and, and I really do hope we have six more episodes that I hope it does find that audience. Cause like, it's maybe not being talked about on the level of a Mandalorian or even Obi-Wan, Maybe he's performing better than Boba Fett, but that was still an established character, and I guess Andor was And there seemed to be
1: more discussion about that anyways, even if it was negative with, like, online reactions. Like, it seemed to be more in the consciousness when it was being released, where, yeah, Andor, for the most part, does seem to be a, a very quiet... Yeah, going under the radar a little bit. Response, Yeah. Which I mean in the way in a way the, these two episodes they wanted to go under the radar um, it is
0: so good if you guys yeah. even just watch this last episode, like even if you don 't they 'll give you a recap at the beginning like i if you want to jump in halfway through i I mean those first three episodes are slow, I think it picks up in episode four, and then four, five, and six have been excellent, thrilling, dense, fantastic storytelling, so just like definitely go back and and watch andor. Um, other than that, uh, I've been watching hot D. Um, I've been watching the mole on Netflix, <laughs> um, which is great. I've been watching more dragon ball. I watched the escape room films with Nevis. Um, we watched Halloween ends where you guys can go check out our, I thought a very awesome review that Eric and I did together, both spoiler and spoiler free. Um, I've been trying to get into spooky season, but I haven't really like. Like I haven't dove in, dive, dived in, dove in yet. Um, so I've only been watching. We watched Escape Room because they're pretty um,
1: tame. They're horror adjacent. Like,
0: yeah, like tame when it comes to violence. Saw light. Yeah, they are Diet Saw, the Saw Zero. Um, <laughs> I uh, So we watched those. Nevis enjoyed both of those. And I, I still enjoy both of those movies. They're Again, I think now watching them, I like the first one more than the second one but I am curious to watch that director's cut of the second one. Cause I guess they completely changed it. Um, but I didn't want to pay for it. So I just watched it on prime. Um, still entertaining movies, both of those, uh, and much better seeing it without children running around and a, and a horrible audience. Uh, speaking yeah, and, of a, and a
1: dad or babysitter yelling at us afterwards.
0: Yeah. Uh, on the dragon ball front, I'm on the Majin Buu saga. um, starting to get a little tired with majin boo so and i know i still got like a lot to go with there that. is a lot of boo um so you're my I, boy boo just that oh, 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 oh.
1: i'm like I mean, right, he that's will, like he will change soon so yeah. maybe that change will help um yeah, but i know what so, you're talking about
0: uh v- vegeta just uh, did vegeta's sacrifice for nothing again uh <laughs> so uh, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm still like I'm at a slower pace because after Tiff, it's been like a second to get back into it. But uh, I'm still very much excited to to finish that up. I have about I'm on like episode 130, so like I think I have 30, 30 some episodes left. I think it goes to the 160s. So I'm getting there. It'd be great if it was um, 169. I hope so. Um, I'll get there. Um, I don't sorry, doubt I don't, it, Matt. You don't have to uh, convince me. Uh, I'm writing this as what else we've been watching. Hot D is excellent. Um, It's really, really good. Um, Reminds me of the best of Game of Thrones. Um, Patty Constantine just absolutely crushing it uh olivia cook crushing it emma darcy crushing it matt stone matt stone (laughs) like
1: the guy from south park (laughs) (laughs) Park.
0: (laughs) matt smith Uh, matt smith is crushing it um i think it's been excellent so far there's a breakout
1: Um, in the the show as well right well uh, well, i can't i don't because i haven't watched it yet but i know that like a lot of people were upset that like the time jump had to replace her
0: yeah, they replaced two of the younger actors, Millie yeah. Alcock and – Yeah, you know, that,
1: that's her. Yeah.
0: Um, I forget the other actress's name. Yeah, the time jumps are weird. I think the pacing of the show is, is strange because uh, people have told me that the book is more like a history textbook rather than a – a novel. So
1: it, well, it's like the Hobbit, it, right? Like it's an appendium.
0: Yeah. It, it jumps like from, it's basically giving you little snippets and then we'll jump five years. We'll jump 10 years kind of thing. Right. So, um, it is jarring and it's pacing because it starts the first, like half of the season are the younger actresses who play, uh, Rhaenyra Targaryen and Alison Hightower. But then you have people like Patty Constantine and, uh, Reese like, who don't get recast, Matt Smith, who don't get recast. Um, then you have the younger Allison and Rhaenyra being replaced with Olivia Cook and Emma Darcy. Um, and then you have them having children who start off as children, but every th- two episodes they grow five years. It's like the so rehearsal. Then, so then, yeah, it is, dude, <laughs> where like then Olivia Cook and Emma Darcy stay the same, but then their kids go from babies to children to grown men and look almost the same age as them but then Patty Constantine looks like the Crypt keeper but Matt Smith looks the same and uh but changes his haircut but then and Reese Fawns looks exactly the same throughout the whole series and didn't age a day so it's like I can understand it being very jarring and it is it's hard because it it does go wait Which and they're all named the fucking same name, so they're like, okay, this is Aegon. There's Rhaegon. There's (laughs) There's Rhaenyra. There's Daenerys. There's and they're all named, so it's like, oh, that's Aegon the second, and that's it's like that's
1: royalty though for you, right? Oh, incest
0: and same names. That's what royalty is, but like, so you're like, oh, they're cousins who were married. Oh, they're brother and sister that were married. Okay, that's an uncle she's fucking. Okay. Um, Uncle, Uncle fucker. Maybe that's why I had Matt Stone on the brain.
1: Um, so oh, right, like, no, because you did tell tell me about yeah, that. Were, so, yeah, and there's
0: a crab person too. So, um, crab people. Uh, so I kept thinking of South Park. I think that's maybe why I said Matt Stone. But um, there's a lot, and it it does go. Wait, which kid is this? Oh, okay, that's the kid. Okay, he's he's got an eye patch. So that's that kid from a couple episodes ago, but now he's a grown ass man who looks older than his mom. Um, and Olivia Cook's not aging. Also, Olivia Cook looked very similar to the younger version of her; like, didn't look like she aged that much. But then the Emma Darcy character, uh, Rhaenyra, looks a lot older than the Millie Alcock version. So it's just like, anyways, the show's great, but it's it's a lot, and like yeah. it does get. I can understand some people going the fuck (laughs) like so i find myself even doing that a
1: lot where and when are they gonna go to nate's lizard lounge yeah exactly so um it (laughs) It does sound like the rehearsal though it does where they are swapping out
0: children and they're like yeah dude it is that's a funny thing to bring up but it is really good so anyways i'll catch
1: up with it when it's when it's done it's one of those shows where it's like a show like that i like to watch when it's when it's finished where i think the rehearsal and barry you know were shows where it kind of felt like appointment viewing um where this it's like i'm sure it, i'm sure it is good but i'm still on that kind of like i felt burnt out by game of thrones and i understand that but yeah.
0: this will win you back i think like yeah. it is it is very good even if you know what happens which they do yeah, nathan
1: fielder shows up yeah what he
0: becomes king of the seven kingdoms <laughs> he sits that would on the be iron. amazing he sits his, on the iron with his throne. laptop and yeah um <laughs> Just him in a in a gray wig, a silver wig. Um, the wigs are awful in the show, but um, I really do. Are think they are it they is Mark
1: Strong level wigs or
0: better than the fucking rat that was sitting on Mark Strong's head in Tar, <laughs> um, or cat, whatever the no. hell you wanted to call it? But um, it is it's really good. Like they're it's shocking at moments. It's you think Tar a Targaryen, like? when <laughs> all comes to full circle baby uh anyways uh it's great what else have i been watching um i think that's it i want to watch hellraiser i got a vpn again uh which is, i hope that clears is, up is <laughs> <laughs> um which i don't know if vpn's are like are they okay like i paid for peacock to watch halloween end so i'm still paying for the movie it's i'm not pirating anything it's just like it It's just my internet thinks I'm in the U.S. So when I pay for Hulu and when I pay for Peacock, I am paying for Hellraiser and I am paying for Halloween ends. It's just I'm not in the U.S. So it's this weird gray zone. So uh, anyways, I'm going to watch Hellraiser. I think that's going to be one of the things I watch on Hulu because we can't access that here. So
1: no, it's it's not available on any platform, which you would think it would be on like Disney Video Star, or Disney Star, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, what else have you been watching my guy?
1: So it is the spooky season. So I've been slowly trying to watch some stuff that kind of, you know, will get you in the mood for some pumpkin spice lattes and colder weather. Um, so I watched, uh, Parker Finn's smile, uh, a film that is doing quite well, uh, in the box office, especially considering that it was going to be a paramount players plus, uh streaming film and now it is a over i think a hundred million dollar box office uh sensation Um, the the movie itself is fine i think ultimately it kind of lands in the middle of something like final destination and hereditary and it follows it somewhere in that grouping where it's not it's extremely high concept but it's not completely void of a a commentary or a perspective that it's trying to make on mental health and wellness. Um, It's also a very tricky sort of rope to walk because it is playing within genre elements and exploitation that might come off as um, insensitive or um, somewhat frustrating. And I get that, but at the same time, I think it's also trying to make the point that there is still very much a stigma towards mental health and wellness in general and how people you know who are having difficulties in life or, or or trying to figure out what their diagnosis is um and how other people treat them Um, but that also kind of plays against it a little bit because the main character who's this um therapist that works in an emergency ward starts kind of seeing this smile that she inherits from one of her uh walk-in patients and when she, her world starts to unravel the people around her specifically her sister and her fiance treat her like she's a disease and i just didn't buy into that completely because i felt like okay yeah there might be some friction or hostility there but these are the people that are closest to you and 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 should really know you know what you're going through and and be more understanding where the film works in a way that it's it's servicing you know uh, a plot point or a way to kind of you know move things along than it is considering how these characters would actually interact where like we talked a little bit about this with the invisible man there's a moment in that movie where it kind of felt like elizabeth moss sister wouldn't actually completely you know um excommunicate her in in that way you know and and this does something similar to that but also it's trying to make a point about it as well and it's like it's it's a very well-made movie i think that's like another thing that is taking a lot of people including myself by surprise like you can tell that there's a lot of emphasis on the camera work and how the transitions are made and and like you can tell like it's not, it's not as good as barbarian by any means but like i can see like okay this this director you know making his first you know feature and, and basically a very gimmicky movie that's kind of all been marketed on the creepy smiley face is doing some interesting stuff there that's probably better than what a lot of these movies that were being made in the seventies, eighties and nineties would consider with the filmmaking. Like it does feel like a calling card movie. So it's like, Hey people watch this movie and look what I can do and like, get me the next gig kind of thing. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. I, I don't think it's, it's great, but if you are interested in something that has a little bit more texture within the genre, that's in that kind of quote unquote elevated horror realm but is still also kind of a classic studio b movie then you know you could do worse um the audience that i saw it with seemed to really react to it so that is saying something and the smile i think in general has been you know a sinister smile has been used so much throughout history classic and, trope in film so One like that Anidus's, does
0: work uh fate uh one of the things she hates most in scary movies is a creepy smile. So she's been hesitant to go see the movie because of that. Yeah,
1: it's it's a jump scare movie, too. Like, it really is mostly dependent on jump scares. And, you know, there's a couple that are actually really well done, like, that are that are smarter with how it gets into the mindset of the main character. But then there are moments as well where it's like, okay, this is just literally, like, you know, to get the audience, to keep them entertained um, you know, and, and, and keep them shocked. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Not great. Not, it's just derivative. That's, that's ultimately kind of what it comes down to. Uh, rewatched Wolfen and, uh, The Hidden on Criterion because Criterion has curated, uh, 80s horror movies, Uh, for this month. So, um, and and I believe, I mean, it'll be dated by the time probably people are listening to this, but Kyle McLaughlin's doing a watch along for uh, The Hidden on Criterion uh, today uh, uh, on October uh, 18th. So, um, you know, it's kind of cool that that movie now is kind of getting, uh, you know, more attention on it. And it was kind of like a really solid, um, you could look at it as a prototype to Agent Cooper, um in 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 uh, twin peaks so um that's a lot of fun wolfen is a very underrated werewolf movie from the early 80s uh in new york with albert finney and gregory hines in one of his first roles and like that's the new york that we were talking about when we saw armageddon time where like it's kind of like the still the trashy new york that hasn't been gentrified yet that that kind of is still dangerous but alluring at the same time it has a lot of character and just watching it as almost a a a document or an archival movie is worth it but it's actually very well made and it kind of does things with the sort of the folklore of the wolfman that i think is really underrated and under considered given that it's a movie that's kind of been mostly forgotten about both movies are warner archive releases so you can buy them on blu-ray as well um but yeah they're 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 solid uh little films so
0: cool man anything else
1: not really uh return of the living dead got a 4k release through scream factory is that the one we watched we sure did so i i was sent a copy uh scream factory sent that to me so i appreciate them doing that uh that's a movie i always like to watch this time of year as well um just a goofy satirical zombie movie with some of the most like over the top but still again kind of interesting and poignant kind of moments within the genre um so yeah
0: Anything else before we wrap for in the spooky season that you're you're going to try to watch before Halloween or that you have on your – because for me, it's the new Hellraiser I'm going to try to see. Uh, I have an itch to watch the thing after seeing it in uh, Halloween ends, and it's been a few years since we watched it at Mike's house. I haven't watched the 4K
1: yet. Yeah, um, I, I mean the thing is one of those movies I could watch anytime. Yeah, any, I, I,
0: in the winter, Halloween, like or anytime yeah. really, but like I think um, it
1: works for any of that. I, speaking of John Carpenter, I, the, one movie that I I really want to rewatch again that I haven't for a little while, but I used to watch it all the time, um was is Prince of Darkness. And I have the new 4K, which is also from Screen Factory. That movie is really underrated. It's it's a slow burn, but it is super creepy um and it kind of predates the usage of uh, uh digital and video. Like there there are sequences where like dream sequences where everybody's seeing the same dream, although like it's being broadcasted to them. Um that I would not be surprised if, you know, later movies of like the late nineties into the early two thousands and even found footage movies um had some influence on. So I'm I'm kind of wanting and Donald Pleasance in that is is like at eleven. Um so I, I wanna rewatch that. But in in terms of new stuff, I I I mean could Bones be new, could all. be doesn't, old. Yeah. Doesn't come out until November. Um, we might
0: see it before Halloween, so maybe that. Right, happen. right,
1: right. And then, yeah, it, um, you know, I mean, there's there, there, there's the go-to stuff where it's like, I, you know, I could pick, like, any number of, like, 70s, 80s horror and stuff like that. But there's also part of me that still kind of just, like, wants to discover stuff. So, like, you know, whatever I find in the next couple of weeks that might interest me, I'll, I'll report back on. I mean, Vestron Video just announced that they're releasing uh, – silent night deadly night three through five which i mean if you're looking for a horror anthology there you go you've talked (laughs) about them on this show right they are so trashy i mean those movies won't be available until december on blu-ray on physical media for the first time but um they are uh, available i think on like itunes and and i think tubi had them on at one point as well so
0: tubi Um, before we wrap, uh, the other thing I, I did watch over the weekend was shout out to my dudes at kind of funny wearing the hat. Uh, they did their big studio launch on Friday called the spare bedroom, uh, which is a reference to their first, um, I guess office, which was in Greg's spare bedroom when they first launched kind of funny over seven years ago. Um, I did a, a Twitter thread and I was watching that all on, on Friday and Saturday for 24 hours straight. They did a stream, uh, with some great bits, um, some inside joke stuff, but just kind of showing off the new studio space and what it's capable of. It is gorgeous. Uh, it's this giant kind of WWE LED screen um, where they have Tim. Tim shout out to Tim. Uh, uh, Tim is ridiculous, but in in the best way. And and this giant LED screen where they can kind of switch out from a desk or a couch setup. They have a LED floor uh, that they can roll in and out. Um, They have an actual office space. They have a streaming space. They have like, it's a 5,000 square foot studio now where they were in 900 square feet in their previous studio. And then they were in Greg's spare bedroom before that. So, um, you know, I've been a fan of theirs since the beginning. I've been a collaborator for the last couple of years, and I don't think I would have been able to do that without work from home, or I don't know if that opportunity would have Come up unless it was work for home. So I uh, work from home. So I'm weirdly grateful for the last couple years. But it is so great to see that crew back together. And it made me miss those days where Eric and I would, I know we see each other a lot all the time anyway. And we basically have mini podcasts as we're kind of talking and we have done some in-person stuff with recording for TIFF and, and stuff like that, but on our phones. But I remember when we used to get together on a weekly basis to do this show in person. And then it made me, it's been so long three years almost of them being together in the same room. So just seeing the energy that they had, um, having that one-to-one seeing a person, the timing is different. Um, it makes it obviously a lot better to watch on YouTube rather than these kind of re- rectangles that everyone's been doing over the last couple of years. And I'm sure we'll continue to do because just for convenience sake, we're not in the same city anymore and and things like that. Like it was a pain in the ass for you to come here and do it in person. But um, I don't think our chemistry is any different in person than it is on here, but when you have a group of four or five people over Zoom, it sometimes can talk over each other, you have to raise your hand to speak and kind of stuff like that and just like the energy of just being able to kind of pop in a room, make fun of someone or feed off of each other, I think is very different. So the studio's gorgeous um shout out to all of them i I watched way too much over friday and saturday um and watched a big chunk of the 24-hour stream and then as we're recording this today is their first full day uh putting out content from the new studio so it was fun to watch those guys and they're very kind to us eric and i had greg on the show tim's been on this show nick's been on this show joey's been on this show i have been on their show multiple times uh eric and i did you know commentaries for um Blood sport. for Bloodsport uh with Nick and Snowbike Mike uh so that was a blast so they've always been very good to us and and I'm uh just shout out to them cuz it's a huge moment for them that studio is absolutely wild so uh I did watch that that was the one last thing that I was watching over the weekend And uh, hopefully they still have uh, the ability to kind of Zord on people in. So I'm hoping that I can still (laughs) uh, be a
1: giant gray face uh, on,
0: on their Rangers, on their big, uh, on their big WWE screen behind them. So uh, I'm hoping that that will continue. So, and I'm hoping to see it in person someday. So
1: shout out to those guys,
0: Eric, any final thoughts before we wrap?
1: Do, Do you think we should mention the Netflix proposal with the, uh, uh, the commercials oh sure because <laughs> uh, i did mention you, midnight cream so
0: no one will understand that um yeah that's a weird spot to end but um uh here, i mean isn't uh, this show weird yeah uh i'm just putting a time code in We're i'm not even gonna put a new time code for this um the We should have brought this up in the news segment to make fun of the midnight cream thing. Um, Netflix is introducing an ad tier in Canada first, which is I think only a couple days yeah, exclusive to Canada, which is going to be like $6 and they're going to have ads every eight minutes or so. Um, I believe that it said like in, in multiple times per hour, four to five times per hour, which seems like a lot. But then I was talking to Nevis about this and she was like, oh, that sounds like YouTube. Because it's like, oh, every ten minutes on YouTube, you usually get like a block of ads or something like that. Or well, every, Tubi does that as well, um,
1: or every five minutes. So
0: I'm not—I've never really used Tubi. Do you? Does Tubi have an ad-free version that you can do too?
1: I—I um, I think so. I—I I mean, Tubi is a free streaming platform, and their ads aren't like like blocks. It's like they have like depending on the length of the film or the show that you're watching, um, there will be maybe a, a, an ad before the film, like YouTube. And then you know if it's if it's a longer movie or show or what have you, there usually is a a second ad in between there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I get it. Um, I, you know, I I put up with it on YouTube. Even though when I had YouTube Premium for three months or whatever the trial thing was, it it, I know why they give it to you for three months because then you get used to not having ads on YouTube. So when you turn it
1: off, you're like, oh man, this sucks so much. It's like letterbox um, as well, right? Like the ad version of letterbox is really um not clean, but then when you get the ad-free version based on your 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 patron tier, um it it looks so it looks great like and and it's easy to navigate yeah,
0: and this being you know, not even free, you still have to pay six dollars, which you're still getting a lot of content for it. But I don't know if I could go back to just like watching streaming content with commercials because Disney plus is going to be doing the same thing coming up soon too. So it seems like all of and Hulu already has that peacock already has that um HBO Max is introducing an uh, an ad tier as well. So that seems to be the new thing to try to get a few more subscribers for the people who don't want to pay you know, upwards of twenty-two dollars a month for Netflix for the 4K tier or Disney Plus for I think fifteen dollars a month or twelve dollars, whatever it is. Um so yeah, it's it's an interesting kind of um we talk about the streaming wars a lot on these shows and um you know obviously I don't think I I won't go down to that tier, but I get why that might be enticing to some people if you don't care about commercials interrupting your shows to save yourself almost $15 a month if you if you want the 4k tier or almost $10 a month for the normal tier but um, it is capped at 720p as well which is bizarre Um, no one really has 720p TVs anymore so just to kind of I guess that's a bandwidth thing you might as well save some money on bandwidth I guess for Netflix but I don't know. What do you think about it? You I'm sure you have no interest in a commercial tier either.
1: No. Well, especially if you're watching something you actually are invested in. Right. Like if you're watching Glass Onion at home and you're really kind of engrossed by the plot and and the story and then, you know, halfway through, all of a sudden you have a commercial break for L'Oreal's Midnight Cream. Cream. (laughs) um you know it kind of throws you off a little bit like if it's something that you're kind of like casually watching and you're throwing it on the mole i was watching
0: the mole or something that's fine
1: like you know like reality tv or 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 something that's just kind of very um reruns of the office or whatever yeah background television like yeah whatever but if you are watching something that you have you know like it, it is something like if i was watching andors the eye and that pops up halfway through or at a moment where it's like I'm sure like they're strategically and they place them at moments I'm where it,
0: that's what I'm most curious about of like yeah. when they place them. And like will filmmakers start to go, I don't want my movie yeah. to just randomly. Marty hunt.
1: Scorsese's like you watch the Irishman and the L'Oreal Midnight Cream ad came. You on, saw four
0: hundred times because that movie's already three hours long or four hours long or whatever. Um Anyways, I don't Wait, know.
1: Anne Hathaway's not in my movie. You saw Bacary? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude.
0: It's not not for me, but I understand why they're doing it. But I'd be curious to see how it's executed, right? Like, and it seems yeah. like seems like all that's. It's funny, we're just it it's like it's a vicious circle, right, like you, you watch it's Luke, just becoming
1: your l'oreal midnight, yeah cream. it's just
0: like <laughs> it's just a full circle, like we got to streaming, which was like, oh great, there's no commercials in streaming, we can pay money to eliminate commercials, oh, we've maxed out on subscribers, um oh, you have to subscribe to so many streaming services that it ends up costing more than cable. oh, you want it to be cheaper, well, you can watch commercials, it's just like it, it's it's wild and I, I don't know. It's just, a, it's all the same as it was on cable TV. It's like, will they build commercial breaks into their shows now? So it'll be more seamless. But then if you have no commercials, it'll just go to black and then come back up. Or is it just going to randomly pop up in the middle of a sentence? Um, like you're, you're saying, right? So, uh, cause I feel like that's jarring. You'd have to, you hope the technology is smart enough that they'll pop up. YouTube's gotten pretty, pretty good like it knows when it cuts right like it cuts to a new scene or it cuts to a new segment especially on ret and link and i don't know if they they manually put in where their commercial breaks are going to be or if youtube's technology knows where it you know when an edit comes in like or when a cut comes in and it knows to insert a commercial there or like when a scene ends or something like that you hope that in the netflix or disney plus or hbo max um Technology they know, like are they gonna have a team that's going to be the people inserting the commercials properly, or is it just gonna be like a free for all like this could pop up mid sentence, so I don't know we'll see weird way to end it, but we're gonna end it there, everyone, so <laughs> um, I'm starving and and exhausted by the end of this, but I had a great day of recording with Eric, so I hope you guys enjoyed this um It was much like that Black Adam day to bring everything full circle, exhausted but felt like i had a good time yes um thank you all for listening or watching we really do appreciate it go check out that black adam spoiler free review which should be up or will be up very very soon for you guys uh we also have reviews up for tar Rosalind, amsterdam werewolf by night uh don't worry darling all of our tiff reviews um there's a A podcast about the Super Mario Brothers trailer, The Last of Us, uh, our TIFF wrap-up. So go check out our previous episodes there. Uh, One-stop shop for everything. Just head over to untitled underscore movies. We have a Halloween Kills review up uh, right now, which is really awesome. So go check that out for the spooky season um did i already mention one stop shop which is letterboxd untitled underscore movies did i just repeat myself or did i or no? it
1: doesn't matter let them know again matt let go them to letterboxd go, to, and go then, to itunes and write us a review and say yeah. that we're great and Please five that stars too. and yeah, that would all be great. that
0: and then follow me and uh i didn't even talk about being blocked by seth rogan's dog on twitter uh that yeah, was that's a big, the
1: way to end the that show. was
0: a big moment that happened to me so if you want to follow me and then possibly block me in the future go to at matt roerbeck on twitter and all of those other social medias
1: yes and if you want to see more of my video reviews go over to rogerstvcom slash cinema scene i have a couple of interviews coming up with the director of the good nurse tobias uh lindholm and uh after sun writer director charlotte wells uh, so I uh, hope people give those a look because I really do uh, feel that I did a okay job with those. You nice. Know? This is me giving myself a compliment and I'm not great at it. I'll watch them. Uh, and then uh, you can follow me on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Do you think Seth Rogan's dog uses L'Oreal's midnight cream?
0: Why why block that's the weirdest the <laughs> weirdest thing I just went I don't need to follow a dog on Twitter I didn't do anything I literally just went mm, unfollow and I know well, the dog, the, you dog did enough, the dog was following me but I'm like the dog's not going to like I'm not going to lose a follower over this right and I lost even more it blocked me <laughs> it blocked me
1: <laughs> Anyways bye everyone